Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Facts concerning the male child. Infant mortality rate is higher with the male child than with the female. Suicide is higher among men than women. Women think about it more, but men act on it more. Women live longer than men do. Life insurance is primarily sold, provided for the woman and not for the man because men die. You see, we expect men to die first because that's what men do. They work hard and then they die. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 17, it reads, he told the man, you will be working in pain all your life. This is the burden that the male child must carry, that all his life he must work in pain. Top causes of death among men, heart disease, accidents, stroke, and suicide. Men often become old before their time because of the pressure and the pain of life that they must bear. That's why it's not uncommon to see the older men with their backs bent over, with their hands calloused, with their faces looking like a burnt over field, with their eyesight dimming because their bodies are broken from years of hard labor, from years of working to provide for their families and to create a life for them. It's in the heart of man to be a provider and a protector. This is a God-given gift. This is a calling that's on his life. Man can't help himself. God gave work to man before he gave the woman to man. He told him, take care of my garden. It's in a man's nature to provide and protect. In Genesis 3, God told the serpent, I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will wound your head and you will wound his heel. So based on that one scripture, we discover that war has been declared on the male child. I want to tell all the ladies here this morning, again, not taking away from your burden that you must bear, but I want to tell all the ladies again this morning that manhood is tough. It's not easy to be a man. It's a hard thing. It has its challenges. And men struggle. They struggle with the pain that they carry. You see, there are clearly conditions that affect men where pain may play a role. Embarrassment around such symptoms may prevent men seeking help. You ladies, y'all go to the doctor all the time. You ladies can talk about your pain all the time. It's a part of who you are just to get checkups and, and go to the doctor and just go in there and just, just pour out your heart to him. Men don't do that. Men don't like to go to the doctor. Men do not like sharing their pain. They're taught as little boys to suck it up and to carry that pain. There are also differences in pain behavior. 
and that women report using a wider range of coping techniques, including social support. You ladies will get on the phone and call your girlfriend and you'll tell them all about your stuff. I've never called a man up and say, hey, I just wanna share with you, man, I've got this thing going on in my body and I need you, to, you know. Men don't do that, they don't do that. It is less clear what men do. Reporting pain and suffering is likely to be a problem for some, especially if they believe they should be strong and not show signs of being vulnerable. Because you see, we're taught all our life that I have to be Superman. People are depending on me and they need me to be strong. They need me to bow up to life and get the job done. Lab studies have shown that gender-based beliefs affect pain reporting. Pain can also affect male gender identity, especially if men feel unable to meet expectations about what it is to be a male. So you have to understand what it really means to be a man today. Men are tough, men don't need help, and men don't cry. That's what it means to be a man. And because of gender stereotyping, men must suck it up. And ladies, listen to me. They suffer in silence. Men suffer in silence. Oftentimes, men have pains and problems that you never know about. Oftentimes, men are fighting battles that you're never aware of. Men carry the pain and they suffer in silence because this is what men do. There was an article that came out that said, being a man is quite scary. Readers tell us what is, what is hard about being a male in today's society. It was given out on International Men's Day. And the, the subtitle was, I find it hard to express my feelings. It makes me sound weak. And so these are some of the issues they dealt with. Men must repress their emotions. This is what men feel and think. Men's biggest problem is other men. Other men. We are our own worst enemy. We taunt one another. We use sarcastic joking to make points with one another. We, we, we make fun of one another. Oh, you just need to suck it up. Oh, you big crybaby. Oh, you need to quit feeling that way. Men are their own worst enemy. We make no allowances for weakness among the men. Society teaches men can't be trusted. Media image of manhood is some overweight guy sitting on the couch, eating Doritos and watching TV, out of touch with himself, his wife, and his children. The images you see on, on television of men are men that are sloppy and undisciplined. Men through the media. And then the question was asked by some in this article, where are the real men to follow? They're looking for real men that they can follow after. They're looking for the real men that will rise up and say, this is what it means to be a man. First Kings chapter two, as David was getting ready to leave this world, he was speaking to his son, Solomon. He said, when the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. I'm about to go the way of all the earth. He said, so be strong and act like a man. And we all want to do that. Men want to act like a man. Men want to act like a man. He doesn't want to act like a woman. He doesn't want to act like a boy. He wants to act like a man, but he needs men to follow. He needs men that he can look up to, men that will point the way, men that will help him to understand the different seasons of his life and what it means to be in that season. So you see, 
It's the cry is show me how to act like a man. Rather, you're in childhood, you're in adolescence, you're in young adult, you're middle age or you're old age. Men are just asking the question, can you show me how to do this? Show me how to be a child. Show me how to be an adolescent, a teenager. Show me how to be a young man, middle age, an old man. Show me. I'm at that stage in my life where I'm looking for older men that can show me how to do this new chapter of my life. How do you do this? It's not easy. It's not easy to be a man. And we need men that we can follow, men that will inspire us and help us. Show me how to do this. At 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul said, there are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. Not a lot of fathers. You see, this is the problem we have because fathers for the most part in America are missing in action. We understand what that is. We have the absentee dad. He just checked out, just checked out. Or we have a workaholic that's never there. Or we have a silent male who carries his pain in silence and doesn't know how to communicate what he feels or what he thinks. It's hard to be a man. You see, little girls are taught how to play house, but little boys are never taught how to build a home. It's hard to be a godly man in an ungodly world. It's hard. In my house, my grandchildren come over and they go into the nursery and they destroy the nursery by dragging out every toy that's in there. The girls, they naturally just attract to the dolls and the, and the stuff that little girls play with. Uh, the boys, they, you know, they want to get the Nerf gun and they want to go around the house shooting people. It's just, that's the way it is. And, and those of you that have a real liberal approach to life, you're never going to convince, convince me that there's not a difference between little boys and little girls. Never do it. I've had too much experience. And so it's just a natural thing. But the little girls are taught how to play house. But little boys are never taught how to build a home. We don't know how. And suddenly we get thrust into this marriage relationship and she comes in with her lifetime of experience of playing with dolls and playing house and, and, and learning how to bake and cook. And she walks in expecting Prince Charming to show up and he went through his training also, but he never got it. He never got his training. And suddenly reality comes crashing in that she's ready to play house, but he doesn't know how to build a home. That's not an excuse, ladies. That's just a reality. And you have to understand what he grew up with, a father that was either absent, workaholic, or was silent. And suddenly the male child is expected to know how to make all this work and bring everything together and men are frustrated. You see, it's hard. It's especially hard to be a godly man in an ungodly world. Manhood is tough. And then we find in our text 
that war has been declared on the male child. I just saw that for the first time yesterday. It, I, when I read that in that translation, it, it just, wow. War has been declared on the male child. God made it clear. War has been declared. And now we have to deal with this. Genesis chapter three again. War between your offspring and hers. War. And notice this. He, the male, will wound your head, serpent, and you will wound his heel. We've seen the pictures where it has a man's foot going down on the head of the serpent. You're going you're gonna to crush his head. You're going to wound his head, and he's going to wound your heel. And so just, just for a side note, something I saw there I've never seen before, it hurts to take a stand. Men, you got to know that one. It's painful to take a stand. When you take a stand for righteousness and you crush the head of the serpent, it's going to hurt. You got to know that. It's painful to stand for righteousness. It's going to cost you to do what's right. It's tough to stand up and crush the head of the serpent. It's going to hurt you. It's going to cost you. But you have to see that war has been declared on the male child. And you've got to take a stand. So ladies, know this, first of all. I don't want to linger here, but I just want to acknowledge you. And I want you to help, help you understand something. Ladies, the, the enemy wants to break your heart. First Samuel chapter 30, you remember the story of David and his men and how while they were gone, the women were taken captive. But I want you to notice this. The enemy had taken captive the women, but they killed none of them. You see, the enemy, his strategy is he'll break your heart. He'll capture your heart. He'll get inside and he'll twist your emotions all up. Second Timothy chapter three, verse six, Paul said, for they are the ones who worm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women. You see, the enemy knows your heart is where you're the most vulnerable. That's why women have a tendency to have a broken heart because he knows, he knows how to capture you. He knows how to take you hostage. He'll break your heart. He'll do it. I preached a message here years ago called women and the secrets they keep. Shh. Every woman's got a secret. Every woman carries a secret. Women's hearts get broken. And when they get broken, as pulling a child to nurse that child to her breast, she'll pull that pain to her, her breast and she'll nurture that pain and it, it begins to consume her. He'll break your heart and he'll capture you and hold you captive to that pain and to that tragedy in your life. Your prince charming is not so charming. And suddenly your heart is broken and he holds you captive. He will, he will try to break your heart. But know this, ladies, the enemy wants to kill the men. He wants to kill the fathers. He wants to kill the husbands. And he wants to kill the sons. In Exodus chapter 1, you remember the story talking about Israel getting out of control in Egypt. So the, the Pharaoh said, when you deliver the Hebrew women, look at the sex of the baby. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. This is what Pharaoh told the midwives. When you're delivering the children, if it's a boy, you got to kill that boy. That's how Moses ended up in that little, that little, that little ark is actually the word in the Hebrew is ark. 
He was in that little, that little container made out of brush and, and sit down the Nile River because they were trying to spare his life. And so you understand that the enemy wants to kill the male child. You need to see that this morning. I, I want you to really get a hold of this, that he may break the woman's heart, but he's trying to kill the male child. He wants to kill the men in the church. Reasons for the male child on the enemy's kill list. You see, if you kill the male child, you destroy the strength of a people. If you kill the male child, you destroy the seed of a people. If you kill the male child, you destroy the family. The enemy knows if he can kill your man, he can break your heart and then both are destroyed. If he can kill your man, if he can destroy the male, if he can destroy the husband, the father, the son, it breaks the woman's heart. And so both are held, both are destroyed. You see, the enemy knows how to undermine the family, how to destroy the church. And so he tries to break the woman's heart, but he tries to kill the male child. He wants to kill the men of the church. He wants to destroy the men of the church. And when I say the word kill, it's more than just you think of physical death. You need to think of spiritual death. He wants to kill the men in the house, ladies. He wants to destroy them because he understands how impactful a godly man is on the family and on the church. In Matthew 2, and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring you word, for Herod would seek the young child to destroy him. You see, the enemy knows if he can kill the kid, he destroys the king. And that's what he's after. He tried to kill the kid Jesus because he didn't want him to become Christ the king. He's trying to kill the kid because he knows that in every kid there's a king. And in every king there's a kid. He wants to destroy the king that's in your home. He wants to destroy the kings that are in this house. He wants to destroy the kings that are in our nation. He's trying to kill the male child. He's after the male. He's trying to kill him. He's trying to destroy him. It's hard. It's tough to be a man in 2021. The enemy is doing everything he can to undermine our masculinity and to destroy our identity in Christ Jesus. He's trying to kill the male child. The serpent fears the male child. For the prophecy of Genesis chapter 3, 15, to wound his head is in the male man. You got to see that. He is fearful of the male child because God said, he will crush your head, but you will bruise his heel. So he knows that in that male line, there is that prophetic word and that prophetic promise. We preached on this years ago. The Urim and Thummim of the Old Testament. The two stones that the priest would use in determining the will of God. When they reached an impasse, oftentimes they would pull these two stones out of a pouch that they held near their heart. They would pull them out and go into the temple. And tradition says, and the Talmud, uh, the Jewish writings, they teach that uh, they believe that one stone would glow over the other. And, and that's how they would determine the, the, the will of God. It's like casting lots, flipping the coin, doing paper, scissor, and rocks. They would hold these two stones out and one would glow and give them direction. And I preached a message that this is the example of the male and the female together. The two, flesh, the two flesh shall become one. 
The Bible says that let everything be established by two. And so we have the Urim and Thummim. We have the sensitivity of the woman and the strength of the man. We have the intuition of the woman and the logic of the man. And the two together is a powerful force. And so he knows that man brings the strength to the family, the strength to the house, the strength to the nation. And he's trying to kill the male child because within the male child is the prophetic promise that he will crush your head and he's afraid of him. And so he stalks him every day. He watches him every day, every day of a man's life. That, that, that force, that enemy is in the shadows watching him. It's trailing him. It's hounding him. It's trying every day to present temptations to him and knock him down and knock him out. Because he knows if he can kill the male child, he'll break the woman's heart. He'll destroy the family and the church is weakened. He's after the male child. The prophetic promise is in his bloodline because the prophetic promise is there. The male child remains at the top of the enemy's kill list. Think about it. He wants to kill the male child. I want you ladies just to understand. I just want you to understand the male child and what he faces because today is a day for us to pause for just a moment and say to the male child, thank you. It's a day for us to stop and to celebrate the male child. To say, we love you and we appreciate you. And perhaps just in some way, for just a brief moment, you might get a snapshot of what it's like to be a male in 2021. And the enemy that's doing everything within his power to destroy him. There's a declaration of war on the male child. Newsweek magazine said 92% of all problems in society is related to the absence of the father in the home. 92%. Drugs, violence, whatever. 92%. They've traced it down. 92% of all problems in society is traced down to the absentee dad. No dad. No male. No strength in the home. The dad that comes in. To partner with the sensitivity of the wife with the strength of the male. The father who comes in the home to balance out the intuition of mama with the logic of the man. To keep balance in the home. To bring in that stability. That's what's needed in America today. It appears that our society is coming unraveled. The very fabric of our society is coming unraveled. And much of that, I believe, is contributed to the lack of the father in the home. The lack of understanding. So ladies, I'm here this morning just to remind you of the importance of the dad. And how that can never be overstated. And you need to fight for him. You need to fight for your man. You need to fight for your father, your husband, your son. You have to fight for them. Because hell is doing everything that he can to destroy them, to undermine them, to weaken them. He's doing everything that he can. And men, as I said, we did not grow up playing house. So we don't know how to build a home. And so we have to learn and we have to teach ourselves and grow. But all our life, we're going from one stage of life to the next, always looking for that one ahead of us, a real man 
that can show me how to be a real dad, a real husband, a real father, a real brother, a real friend, a real pastor. We're always looking for that guy that's ahead of us saying, follow me as I follow Christ. But there's so few of them. I hear girls all the time saying, all the real good men are taken. I understand. I get it. I was uh, one of the last ones that uh, just wanted to lighten this up a little bit. You give, some of you are looking way too serious. All the good men are gone. Yeah, I get it. We got to fight for our men. We got to fight for our fathers, for our husbands, our sons. We got to fight for them. We got to stand up for them. We got to do this. It's just not easy being a godly man in an ungodly world. You got to stand up. You got to man up. It's tough. It's not always easy. And so the enemy has declared war. And the prophetic promise of defeating the, the enemy, the serpent, is in the male lineage. And so he's after him. 92% of all problems is related to the absentee dad. U.S. News and World Report a cover article in the February 27th issue of U.S. News and World Report concluded that, listen to this, this is what they said, I didn't say this. Dad is destiny. More than any other factor, a father's presence in the family will determine a child's success and happiness. The article noted that nearly two out of every five children in America do not live with their fathers. I think that number's low. Think about that. They said dad is destiny. Dad is destiny. And the, the key to the success and the happiness of the children is dad being home at night. That's the key. Do you understand why the enemy has declared war on the male child? Do you understand why the enemy is doing everything within his power to undermine the male child? Do you understand why I say it's hard, it's tough to be a godly man in an ungodly world? Because there's a bullseye on your chest every day. Every day, every day, things being thrown at you, things coming your way, mindsets and, 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 and temptations and criticism. And every day, men are bombarded as the enemy targets to destroy him. Ladies, listen to me. Regretting what you think he's not keeps you from enjoying who he really is. regretting what you think he's not. You need to quit comparing him to them romance novels you read and all that stuff you're watching. Look, I ain't got no problem with you watching Lifetime and Hallmark. That's okay. But just remember that's entertainment. But comparing him and regretting over what you think he's not keeps you from really enjoying the man that he really is. Because for the most part, most women really don't know their man because men suffer in silence. Because men are taught that from the time they're little boys, that little boys don't cry, little boys don't complain, little boys don't show their emotions, little boys don't reveal the way they really feel. You suck it up. And so women live with a mystery, a mystery, the male child. Women look at the male child as a mystery. They don't understand him. They don't get it. 
And so they go to the salon and they listen to their girlfriends who are clueless about what a man really wants. They've been married three or four times. They can't keep the man they got. They've lost the one they had. And they're going to tell you how to keep your man? Come on. You're going to read all these magazines, 12 things that a man wants. Who told them that? What's Suzanne doing? Is she, she up dropping her head or I feel something. It's ladies regretting what you think he's not keeps you from enjoying who he really is. Understanding the male child. He was never taught how to play house. What you think he should want is different than what he needs. And that's something every woman needs to grab. What you, think he, what you think he should want is different than what he really needs. Well, you should want this. Well, maybe you should ask him. He may love different, but that does not make it unequal. Ladies, you need to hear that one. A man may love different than you do, but that doesn't make it any less strong. He talks different. He acts different. He loves different. And you need to quit trying to love your man the way you love your sisters and the, and the Lord. Two different things. Man ain't going to love you the way a woman loves you. It ain't going to happen. You girls can get on the phone and talk just, I don't know what you talk about, but you talk about a lot of stuff. Just talk, 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 talk. And there's a lot of emotions and feelings and I feel and I think and and that's all good. And I'm glad for you, sisters. Y'all go for it. But don't expect your man to do that. Men don't get on the phone and do that. That's not the way a man was wired. And you say, well, I think that's wrong. Well, I'm sorry, but this is reality. What you think he wants is different than what he really needs. It's different. You can't communicate with your male man the way you talk to your female friends. Okay, you must be bilingual. Is everybody okay? I feel like I've just shot y'all with a gun. How many of those pastor loves you and he's just trying to help you? Guys, y'all hold on. I'm just trying to get the women to love you. So just hang on. You got to be bilingual. It's one thing to go into the salon and talk your feelings. But when you go into the boardroom, you better talk your facts. Men are bottom line. Facts. And when you mix your feelings on top of your facts, men get lost. That's why men just want you to tell them. Am I... If, if I miss it, guys, please just call me out. When men walk in the room in the house, they can immediately feel it and they just stop and they go, what did I do? They just want to know. Just tell me and I'll fix it. Men want the bottom line. They don't want to guess. 
They don't want to try to get into intuition. They just want you to tell them facts. Women want to circle the airport. I'm not being critical. I celebrate you women and the way God made you. Your intuition and sensitivity. We're going to circle this baby. Men want to come in and lay, just want to land it. Men just want to, we're going to land this plane. Facts over feelings. Feelings are good. And there's a time and a place for them. But you've got to learn how to talk to a man. Especially if you're going to live in a man's world. If you're going to walk into a, a business in a marketplace where there's predominantly men, and you're going to have to learn how to talk like a man. Fact over feelings. You've got to talk bilingual. Matthew chapter 10, verse 36. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Think about that. Even Jesus recognized that this contract, this covenant that we have called the home and the family, it is a challenge. It's a challenge when you throw Ken and Barbie together and try to play house. Barbie came ready with instructions. Ken was clueless and had no idea. And he's learning on the job. He's trying. But that's where the greatest battles are fought. You see, the article in U.S. News and World Report said, Dad is our destiny. And the enemy knows that. And so there are temptations that come. Dad can be driven to success and away from the family. He can be addicted to external stimulation instead of internal peace. He can be deceived by macho instead of the understanding of true masculinity. He can suffer in silence instead of revealing how he really feels. Exodus chapter 1, verse 16, again. He said, when you deliver the Hebrew women, look at the sex of the baby. And if it's a boy, kill him. Dad is our destiny. And for that reason, the enemy has declared war on him. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.